Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. God loves you. God wants to bless you and prosper you, but you have to respond in faith. I was able to take that, believing it, and move ahead and operate in giving, believing for a harvest and getting harvest every time. Once I did that, I made more money than ever. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today is the end of my first two weeks of teaching on what I've called financial stewardship, and I emphasize the word stewardship. This is really important that you not uh, take ownership of your money, your resources, that you don't take responsibility, but instead you look to God as your source and you simply do what He told you. It's God that gives you the power to get well so that you might establish His covenant here on this earth. That's what it says, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. And I've spent a lot of things. Yesterday, we played a little video about a couple that have become good friends of mine, Rick and Mitzi Pudlow. They live in the Houston area, and uh, this was just powerful. And we have a DVD here with, I think it's either five or six testimonies of people who have prospered. And uh, in every situation, this is the point that I've been making for the last two weeks. First of all, it starts with your heart. It's not about just getting more money. If you got more money and if your heart's wrong, all that will do is amplify the, the things that are wrong in your heart. Money is not the answer to anything. It's a tool. But if your heart's wrong, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I build a lot of stuff out of wood. I have a wood shop, a lathe, and things like that. And I have all kinds of tools. I had somebody give me like nearly $20,000 worth of tools. I got some awesome tools. But you know what? A tool, it can, it can cause problems if you don't know how to use it. I am not really skilled as a woodworker. I'm learning. And those tools, they allow me to do things that I couldn't do just with like a, a hammer or a screwdriver or something like that. But, but you have to learn how to use them. And it really is your personal skill. Those tools, you can put a person like me that's not really skilled and I won't get the same results as a person who has the right skill level. So anyway, the point I'm, the illustration I'm making is your heart has to be right. Money just is a tool. And if your heart's wrong, you'll use that tool wrong. It'll cause you damage instead of benefit. I was teaching out of Mark chapter 10, and this was actually, I started in Luke chapter 16, where Jesus said that trusting God with your finances is the least use of your faith. If you can't do that which is least, you can't do that which is greater. And then I used Mark chapter 10 to show how that Jesus used this attitude towards money to reveal the rich young ruler's heart. He looked good on the outside. He ran and fell at his feet. Good master, what must I do? But Jesus perceived that his heart wasn't up with his profession. He was saying things that he didn't mean, and he used money to reveal that his heart wasn't right. I'm telling you, there's something about money, that when you go to talking about money and you go to touching a person's bank account, boy, you go to their heart in a hurry. Matter of fact, Jesus said this over in Matthew chapter 6. He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. 
Most people think that, you know, where your heart is, there will your treasure be. But actually, it's the opposite. Where your treasure is, that's what your heart is focused on. Most people, there is a string that goes straight from their wallet to their heart. And if you touch their wallet, boy, you have touched their heart. That's a strong statement, but it's absolutely true. And Jesus knew that this man in Mark chapter 10 looked good on the outside, but his heart wasn't right. And because he loved him, not because he hated him, not because he was trying to get rid of him, he loved him. He wanted, every, he wanted this man's full heart, not just lip service. He says, go sell everything that you've got and give it to the poor and then come and follow me. And look at this next verse. It says, and he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. Let me just say this, and I'm not saying this uh, in anger. I'm not saying it to criticize. But if you're sad when somebody goes to preaching on finances and talking about trusting God and giving and making God your source, if this causes sadness in you, then you've got the same problem that this rich young ruler had. You know, I've had some of my staff as we've been making these programs that came up and says, oh man, I'm glad you're teaching on this. I need this. A person with a right heart, they want to know these things. This is an area that they want to trust God in. But there are a lot of people that the moment you mention finances, especially a preacher talking about finances, they get sad, they get angry, they get bitter. That's wrong. That's the same thing that happened with Judas. When Jesus had this woman come and break the alabaster box and anoint Jesus' feet and wipe his, wipe his feet with her hair, it says that Judas got mad and says, could not this ointment have been sold for 300 penny worth? A penny was a day's wages. So 300 days wages, that's nearly a year. You know, I don't know what you make in a year, but if it's thirty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is. In other words, this could have been sold for fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. And that was Judas, the man, and he says that he said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and he's the one that kept the bag. He was looking for what he could get for himself. People that get upset when you talk about money have that Judas attitude. And I know some of you may be upset and think that's terrible. It's just like Jesus. It says, beholding him, he loved him. And then he says, go sell everything that you've got. I'm not saying these things to be harsh on people, but I'm saying that there is a bad attitude about money. And it all comes from people thinking, this is mine. You got no business talking about mine. It's not yours. Everything that you've got came from God. And you need to start being responsible to God. You need to recognize this is His money. He's the one that gave you your talents and abilities, the opportunities. What does God want you to do with His money? Man, that's a starting place. So the man was sad at that saying, and he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And look at Jesus' response. I'm going to say some things here that if you got a seatbelt, you need to put it on because this is going to violate so much of what you believe that you're going to say, I can't believe you're saying that. I'm reading Jesus' words. So it says in Mark chapter 10, verse 23, Jesus looked round about. This is after the rich young ruler left because he refused to let go of his money. He looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Again, I'm quoting Jesus. This is red letter in my Bible. 
IF I WAS JUST TO SAY THIS, IF I WASN'T QUOTING SCRIPTURE, AND IF I JUST CAME OUT WITH A STATEMENT THAT PEOPLE HAVE MONEY, IT'S GOING TO BE VERY HARD FOR THEM TO HAVE A RELATIONSHIP WITH GOD. I GUARANTEE YOU I WOULD BE CRITICIZED. I'D BE PUT ON THE FRONT OF MAGAZINES. ANDREW AMACK'S A CULT. HE'S JUST AFTER YOUR MONEY. THEY'D SAY ALL KINDS OF THINGS. I DIDN'T SAY THIS. JESUS SAID, HOW HARDLY SHALL THEY THAT HAVE RICHES ENTER INTO THE KINGDOM OF GOD. AND THE DISCIPLES WERE ASTONISHED AT HIS WORDS, JUST AS PEOPLE WOULD BE ASTONISHED TODAY IF SOME MINISTER WAS TO SAY THAT. BUT JESUS ANSWERED AND SAID UNTO THEM, CHILDREN, HOW HARD IS IT FOR THEM THAT TRUST IN RICHES TO ENTER THE KINGDOM OF GOD? MONEY'S NOT THE PROBLEM. IT'S WHERE IS YOUR TRUST? AND THIS MAN, THIS RICH YOUNG RULER, HIS TRUST WAS IN HIS MONEY. DID YOU KNOW THAT MONEY GIVES YOU POWER? IF YOU HAD A MILLION DOLLARS, I CAN GUARANTEE YOU, YOU COULD GO INTO A HOTEL, YOU COULD GO A LOT OF PLACES, AND MAN, IF THEY KNEW THAT YOU HAD ALL OF THIS MONEY AND THAT YOU WERE WILLING TO SPEND IT, THEY WOULD ROLL OUT THE RED CARPET. THEY WOULD TREAT YOU DIFFERENTLY THAN A BEGGAR THAT COMES IN OR SOMEBODY WHO LOOKS LIKE THEY DON'T HAVE ANY MONEY. MONEY GIVES YOU INFLUENCE. IT GIVES YOU POWER. NOW, YOU CAN CRITICIZE THAT AND SAY IT SHOULDN'T BE THAT WAY, BUT I'M JUST TELLING YOU THAT'S THE WAY IT IS. IF YOU HAVE A PERSON THAT'S A BILLIONAIRE WALK IN, PEOPLE ARE GOING TO NOTICE HIM. THEY WILL GIVE HIM THINGS. THEY WILL they will DO THINGS FOR HIM THAT THEY WOULDN'T DO FOR SOMEBODY THAT CAME IN THERE WITH THEIR HAND OUT BEGGING FOR MONEY. MONEY GIVES YOU INFLUENCE AND POWER. AND SAD TO SAY, MOST PEOPLE TRUST THE INFLUENCE, THE POWER THAT MONEY GIVES YOU MORE THAN THEY TRUST GOD. THAT'S WHAT HAPPENED WITH THIS RICH YOUNG RULER. AND THAT'S THE PROBLEM. MONEY IS NOT THE PROBLEM. IT'S WHERE IS YOUR TRUST? AND I TELL YOU, MONEY IS DECEPTIVE. YOU CAN GET CAUGHT UP IN THE LOVE OF MONEY. YOU CAN GET TO WHERE YOU TRUST IN YOUR MONEY. YOU TRUST IN YOUR 401K MORE THAN YOU TRUST IN GOD'S PROVISION, THAT YOU TRUST IN YOUR INVESTMENT. THIS IS THE REASON THAT WHEN THERE'S A DOWNTURN IN THE STOCK MARKET AND PEOPLE LOSE MONEY, PEOPLE WIND UP COMMITTING SUICIDE BECAUSE THEY CAN'T... THEY JUST FEEL LIKE THEIR LIFE IS OVER. THEIR MONEY... THEIR MONEY WAS THEIR GOD, AND WHEN THAT MONEY LEAVES, IT'S LIKE THEY HAVE NO HOPE. A PERSON WHO'S TRULY TRUSTING IN GOD, IT DOESN'T MATTER IF YOUR INVESTMENTS GO UP OR DOWN. YOU KNOW, JAMIE AND I HAVE A LITTLE BIT OF MONEY THAT WE'VE INVESTED. IT'S NOT A LOT, BUT WE'VE GOT A LITTLE BIT OF MONEY, AND SOMETIMES WE MAKE A LOT OF MONEY. SOMETIMES WE MAKE... WE, we LOSE MONEY. BUT YOU KNOW WHAT? MY TRUST ISN'T IN THAT. MY TRUST IS IN GOD, AND I DO... Not, MY EMOTIONS AND MY CONFIDENCE AND JOY DOESN'T GO UP OR DOWN BASED UPON WHAT THE STOCK MARKET'S DOING. AND YET THERE'S SOME PEOPLE THAT DO. THEIR TRUST IS IN IT. SO THE PROBLEM ISN'T MONEY. HE SAYS, HOW HARD IS IT FOR THEM THAT TRUST IN RICHES TO ENTER INTO THE KINGDOM OF GOD? BOY, THAT'S A RADICAL STATEMENT. THERE'S A LOT OF PEOPLE TRUSTING IN MONEY. AND PEOPLE SAY, OH, NO, I TRUST IN GOD. I CAN PROVE WHERE YOUR TRUST IS. ARE YOU TITHING? ARE YOU GIVING? AND THERE'S PEOPLE WATCHING THIS PROGRAM RIGHT NOW THAT SAY, WELL, well NO, I'M NOT TITHING, BUT I DO TRUST IN GOD. TALK IS CHEAP. YOU CAN TELL BY YOUR ACTIONS WHETHER YOU TRULY TRUST IN GOD. AND THIS IS THE WHOLE REASON THAT HE TOLD YOU TO GIVE. GOD DOESN'T NEED YOUR MONEY. I DON'T NEED YOUR MONEY. GOD COULD GET HIS SUPPLY TO ME SOME OTHER WAY. 
IT'S NOT ABOUT GOD OR THE KINGDOM NEEDING IT. SAD TO SAY, IT'S MANY TIMES PRESENTED THAT WAY. PEOPLE WILL TELL YOU, IF YOU DON'T GIVE, I'M GOING TO GO OFF TO TELEVISION. IF YOU DON'T GIVE, OUR CHURCH WON'T BE ABLE TO MAKE ITS BUDGET. NO, GOD SHOULD BE OUR SOURCE. GOD USES PEOPLE, BUT SOMETIMES IT'S MISREPRESENTED. BUT THE TRUTH IS, IT'S REALLY NOT ABOUT MY NEED, GOD'S NEED. IT'S YOUR NEED. IT'S ABOUT TRUSTING HIM. THE REASON GOD TOLD YOU TO GIVE, THE REASON GOD SET THE KINGDOM UP SO THAT PEOPLE HAVE TO GIVE TO FINANCE THE KINGDOM, THE REASON HE DID IT THIS WAY IS BECAUSE YOU NEED TO TRUST HIM. I'VE GIVEN THIS STORY BEFORE, BUT I WAS ASKED TO GO MINISTER UP IN THE MOUNTAINS OF COLORADO, AND IT WAS A BIBLE COLLEGE GRADUATE, AND HE ONLY HAD A CHURCH OF 30 PEOPLE, SO HE WENT TOGETHER WITH TWO OTHER CHURCHES, A TOTAL OF THREE CHURCHES WITH ABOUT 100 PEOPLE ARE PRESENT, AND THEY ASKED ME TO COME MINISTER. SO I WENT AND MINISTERED, AND HE KNEW THAT THEY WEREN'T GOING TO GIVE A VERY BIG OFFERING, AND SO HE SAYS, WHY DON'T YOU RECEIVE YOUR OWN OFFERINGS? AND I THINK HE DID THAT BECAUSE HE FIGURED THAT IF I RECEIVED THE OFFERINGS, I COULDN'T COMPLAIN ABOUT THE WAY PEOPLE GAVE. SO ANYWAY, I GOT UP, AND I HAD JUST COME FROM CHARLOTTE, NORTH CAROLINA, WHERE A GOOD FRIEND OF MINE, PASTOR DEAN MELTON, I MINISTERED IN HIS CHURCH FOR 32, 33 YEARS EVERY YEAR, AND I HAD JUST COME FROM THAT CHURCH, AND THEY HAD GIVEN ME SOMETHING LIKE $300,000 FOR A a FIVE-DAY MEETING. AND SO I GOT UP, AND THE VERY FIRST DAY WHEN I WAS RECEIVING MY OFFERING, I TOLD THEM, I SAID, I JUST CAME FROM THIS MEETING. I GOT A $300,000 OFFERING. I AM NOT A POOR PREACHER THAT JUST BARELY GOT INTO TOWN, AND I NEED YOU TO GIVE OR I WON'T BE ABLE TO GET OUT OF TOWN. I SAID, I DON'T NEED YOUR MONEY. (laughs) AND WHEN I SAID THAT, YOU COULD JUST SEE ALL THE BLOOD DRAIN OUT OF THIS GUY'S FACE LIKE YOU JUST KILLED THE OFFERING. BECAUSE MOST PEOPLE, THE WAY THEY RECEIVE THE OFFERING IS TO TALK ABOUT, I NEED YOUR MONEY, HELP ME. AND THEY PLEAD WITH PEOPLE, AND THEY BEG OUT OF PITY. THEY GET PEOPLE TO GIVE. AND THAT'S THE WAY THAT MOST OFFERINGS ARE RECEIVED. I GOT UP AND DID JUST THE OPPOSITE. I DON'T NEED YOUR MONEY. AND THEN I BEGIN TO TEACH THEM THESE EXACT SAME THINGS THAT I'M TEACHING THAT THEY NEED TO TRUST GOD. I SAID, IT'S NOT ABOUT MY NEED. IT'S ABOUT YOU TRUSTING GOD. THE REASON GOD WANTS YOU TO GIVE IS TO EXPRESS YOUR TRUST. IT'S ONE THING TO SAY YOU TRUST HIM, BUT FAITH WITHOUT WORKS IS DEAD. HOW DO YOU PROVE YOUR TRUST? YOU TAKE A PORTION OF WHAT YOU'VE GOT, AND YOU SAY, GOD, I'M GIVING THIS TO YOU BECAUSE YOU PROMISED THAT IF I GIVE, IT'S GIVEN UNTO ME. SO I TRUST YOU, NOT IN WORD ONLY, BUT I AM DEMONSTRATING IT. AND I BEGIN TO TEACH THESE PEOPLE. AND IT WAS A THREE-DAY MEETING, AND I DON'T EVEN REMEMBER NOW WHAT THE OFFERING WAS. BUT THE NEXT WEEK, I HAD THE PASTOR OF THAT CHURCH THAT WE WERE HOLDING THE MEETING IN HIS FACILITY. HE CALLED ME AND HE SAYS, I HONESTLY DON'T REMEMBER WHAT YOU TAUGHT EXCEPT FOR THOSE OFFERING TEACHINGS. AND HE SAYS, I AGREE AND I BELIEVE WHAT YOU WERE SAYING, BUT I NEVER TOLD MY PEOPLE THAT BECAUSE I WAS AFRAID THAT THEY WOULD THINK I WAS JUST AFTER THEIR MONEY. AND SO I REALLY HADN'T TAUGHT THEM. HE SAYS, I WAS EMBARRASSED. I WAS SHY. AND HE SAID, YOU JUST REALLY SPOKE TO ME. SO ON THE SUNDAY AFTER I WAS GONE AND HE GOT UP BACK IN FRONT OF HIS CHURCH, AND REMEMBER, IT WAS DIVIDED BY THIS TIME. IT WAS JUST ABOUT 30 PEOPLE. HE GOT UP AND APOLOGIZED, AND HE SAYS, I HAVEN'T BEEN TELLING YOU ABOUT GIVING BECAUSE I THOUGHT YOU WOULD THINK I WAS JUST AFTER YOUR MONEY, BUT IT'S NOT FOR ME. IT'S FOR YOU, AND I HAVEN'T SHARED THE TRUTH WITH YOU, AND I'VE HURT YOU, AND I'VE DONE YOU A DISSERVICE. AND HE GOT UP AND APOLOGIZED, AND HE SAYS, PLEASE FORGIVE ME FOR NOT TEACHING ABOUT THE REAL PURPOSE BEHIND GIVING. AND THE PEOPLE BEGIN TO START RUNNING TO THE FRONT AND HUGGING HIM AND SAYING, PASTOR, WE FORGIVE YOU, AND THEY THREW MONEY ON THE 
on the stage, and I forget the exact amount, but I think it was $10,000 or $15,000, 30 people gave. They paid off all of the indebtedness of the church, and the pastor called me and said, this has changed my life. It's changed the church's life. See, the reason to give isn't because of my need. It's you need to trust God. And sad to say, the only motivation or the primary motivation that is used in the body of Christ isn't us getting to express our faith and our trust in God, but rather it's the motivation is, I need your help. Please help me. And the scripture does say that if you see a brother or sister in need and you shut up your bowels of compassion, how dwelleth the love of God in you? So pity giving or benevolence giving is one motivation, but it shouldn't be the primary motivation. The primary reason to give is because you love God and He's your source and you trust Him and it's not trusting Him in word only. It's trusting Him in action and that's the reason I'm giving. God, you're my source and to prove it, here's part of what I have and I need more, but I'm going to give and believe that by giving, I'm going to be better off than I am if I keep it all. So it's about trusting in money that's the problem. And then the Lord went on to say this in the very next verse after he says it's hard for a person who's trusting in their riches to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said in verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Wow. And look at the disciples' response. They were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? Jesus looking upon them saith, With man is in, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Did you know this was a radical statement? It's so radical that I've heard many preachers, I think that this is probably common, that most people will say, this isn't talking about a physical camel going through the eye of a little sewing needle. This is talking about that in Jerusalem, they had these large wooden gates and at night they would close the gate. And so to gain entrance, they had a smaller gate that was inside of the huge gate that was called the eye of the needle. And it was so small that to get a camel through there, you had to unladen it. You had to take everything off. It couldn't be carrying any burdens, and it had to scoot through on its knees. And I've heard that given as an explanation of what this is talking about. That just makes it difficult for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, a smaller gate in a big gate. But Jesus said, no, it's impossible. What I'm talking about is impossible with men, but all things are possible with God. This isn't talking about some small gate inside of a large gate. This is talking about a physical camel going through the eye of a sewing needle. It's easier to do that than it is for a person who is trusting in their riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Boy, this is something you aren't going to hear very much. And again, if I was just to say this based on andeology, if I was just talking from myself and not quoting Scripture... I can guarantee you the vast majority of Christians would reject me and say, you're wrong. That's wrong. People can come to the Lord. and They don't have to have any commitment. They don't have to be giving. They don't have to trust God in finances. That's not what Jesus is saying. He says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a sewing needle than it is for a person who is trusting in their money to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, trusting God in the area of finances is not the greatest thing. It's the least thing. And if you can't do that which is least, you can't do that which is greatest. You need to trust God. 
And so the disciples, when they heard this, Peter said, began to say, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. That's because he had just said that if you're trusting in your riches, it's hard for you to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So Peter was saying, God, we aren't trusting in riches. We've left everything. We've given up our business. We walked off from our, our fishing nets and our boat and left them. We've left our families. We've done everything to come serve you. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man... That means no man or woman, not a single person that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mother and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life, but many that are first shall be last and the last first. Did you know if this rich young ruler had done what Jesus told him to do and sold everything he had and gave it to the poor, he might have looked poor for a brief period of time. But according to Jesus, there is not a single person who will do this but won't receive a hundredfold in this life, not just in the life to come, not in the sweet by and by, but in the rough now and now. You will see prosperity come. Again, I'm an example of this. That, man, we gave away our things when I didn't have any money to give away. We, we started putting first the kingdom of God, and we have just committed ourselves to living this way. And I've walked away. I walked away from a job that had a retirement and guaranteed pay raises. My family thought I was crazy for doing it, but God called me into the ministry. I've walked away from a lot of things that in the natural looked like it would have been a good deal. But did you know what? I'm prospering today more than anything I've ever turned down. God has blessed me. And it says that this will happen for any person. There's not a single person who would put God and His kingdom first that wouldn't receive a hundredfold with persecutions. I hate to add that, but that's what Jesus said, and I've experienced it, and it's true. I get persecuted. I have people... I've had people picket my meetings and say that I'm just out here to fleece people and to take your money. I don't know how they get by with saying that because, again, we give things away. I'm giving this book away. I'm giving these CDs and DVDs away. We've got 200,000-plus hours of free material on our website, and yet there's people that think I'm just after people's money. That's not true. But it is true that because I put God first and because I give and I take the blessing that God has given me and I use it to bless other people, I can't outgive God. I'm receiving a hundred times as much back as I've ever sown. It's just the kingdom of God. It's the way the kingdom works. If your heart is right, again, I refer to that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 3, that you, if you give your goods to feed the poor or if you give your body to be burned, but if you don't do it with the right heart, if you don't do it motivated by charity, God's kind of love, it profits you nothing. Your heart attitude behind things is more important than anything else. If you're giving just to get, if the emphasis is on getting, and you give, but the giving is to get, well, then you've got the wrong heart attitude, and that'll actually keep the return from coming. But if you give, knowing that you're going to get so that, man, you can give again, if the emphasis is on giving, if God can get it through you, He will get it to you. These are powerful scriptures. 
I've got a lot more to share. We'll deal with that on next Monday's broadcast. But I want to remind you, I'm giving away this book. All you have to do is ask for it. You can get the book, the CDs, or the DVDs as our gift. We've also got a DVD with other people's testimonies, Spanish material, study guides. Listen to the announcer and please join me again next Monday. Andrew is offering his complete teaching on financial stewardship in your choice of either a book, CD album, or DVD album as his free gift to you today. Go to awmi.net to order your free product today. This offer is limited to one free product per household and is only available in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. This teaching is also available as a companion study guide for a gift of any amount when you contact us. Or you can get these valuable resources in the Financial Stewardship Package. This package includes the Financial Stewardship Book, Study Guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album, as well as the Financial Breakthroughs DVD. This DVD includes six testimonies of people that experience the freedom of turning their finances over to God. This package has a catalog value of $115, but you can get it today for only $80. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these products. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline 24 hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. And I want to share with you about Keras Distance Education. This is what we call our online platform or our correspondence courses where you get the material sent to you. But you don't have to come to a physical location. You can receive the teaching through these platforms and then you can send in your test. You actually have interaction and stuff, but you don't have to leave and go to a physical location. And for some of you, this is your answer to how you could receive the teaching from Keras without having to pick up and move to one of these locations. You can get more information by contacting us, but we encourage you to become a part of Keras Bible College through our distance education. Sometimes a gift. Once upon a time, many years ago, in the ancient land of Persia can change your life forever.
from generation to generation, one family searching for the heart of Christmas. I'd like to ask you to pray about becoming a partner with us. You know, our ministry is based in the United States, but we have 16 offices around the world. We've got altogether around 70 Bible schools scattered around the world. And we actually reach more people outside of the U.S. than we do in the U.S. And we need partners to enable us to do that. And so I'd like to encourage you to join with us. There are great benefits to you being a partner, not only in eternity, but here in this life. So if you are looking for a good return on your investment, I believe that this is a good ministry. It'll touch you right where you are. So join with us and become a partner with us today.